We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Carlo Navas, and with me today is no one. I'm trying to give people nights off. You know, we have a lot of content in the finals and uh, trying, to, trying, to, trying to give our people a night off as we approach. Really, the, the way I like to look at series is that the first three, the first at least two games are for sure feel out see see how we're feeling right like i don't think we can make any sweeping judgments off of the first two games i think by game three especially with two teams like miami and denver that have very pronounced matchup kind of advantages or problems i think then you start to learn okay this is how they're going to deal with this they have had three games to figure or solve this and and we kind of move from there. So I I wanted to sit and talk with you guys, the audience, about what we know so far, how we feel about the series, and as the Heat face a two-one deficit, what they're gonna need to do to get back in the series. Again, I'm Giancarlo Navas. I'm the host of Miami Heat Beat. Ten years of Miami Heat Beat. Shout out to everybody who's been with us since the start shout out to everybody who just got here shout out to anybody who's ever listened donated all that good stuff we love you and to be doing this in the nba finals on our 10th year it never gets old baby it never gets old so thank you guys love you guys shout out to blue wire the motherland the network but let's let's get right into it what i what struck to me When I watched Game 3, what came out to me most was Denver did a great job on Miami's off-ball movement. They were switching some stuff. They were not... You know, Michael Malone called out the effort on some guys on the team. Wink, wink, MPJ. And Miami's shot quality was not very good in that game against Denver from from 3, right? They, They didn't shoot the ball well, and the looks weren't as clean. And that's... 
due in part because I, I thought Denver helped a lot less on Jimmy. They showed bodies late. They're not helping off of shooters early like they were earlier. They're sending help late, right? And unless it's a post-up, because when Jimmy posts up KCP or Jamal Murray, that's a fire drill for Denver. Denver has identified a Jimmy Butler post-up of let's get the ball out of his hands immediately. And that's where Miami's been getting its best offense. But his driving lanes opened up in game three. And Bam's to an extent as well, though Bam has kind of had that pocket. But they're sending less help. They're trying to send in whatever, the help from the nail, the two guys in the pick and roll. They'll like stunt or whatever. And I know Jimmy has the bad ankle. We all know that he is not the guy that stuck a stake in Milwaukee's heart. That guy's not here anymore. That ankle's not the same. And that guy's not walking through that door. You may get a performance that is special. And I, I, it won't surprise me, but I'm not, I'm not counting for it to happen. I see a lot of people in chat talking about Jimmy's bad ankle. We know it's a bad ankle. We know nothing has ever since Josh Hart fell into him. It's just not been the same. His numbers have all gone down and outside of his flurry against Grant Williams, really, he just hasn't been himself. So Denver, I think Denver is like, okay, so I often talk a lot about how I play competitive Super Smash Melee. It's something that we call like an execution test. It's like, I know that this is beatable, but like I'm going to test that you can that you can do this consistently enough before I have to do a, a real option on you, right? And that's what I think Denver's right now doing to Jimmy. It's like, you know what? We're not going to overload on you anymore. We're going to send smarter help. We're going to be more careful about who we help off of. And listen, you're going to show you bodies in the paint. Aaron Gordon has done a great job on him. And we're going to send bodies late. Jokic is going to be there. And I think that, you know, his finishing has not been very good since the Knicks series. And they're going to have to, and really his jump shot hasn't either. I mean, just really the scoring across the board is taking a dip. And he's done a lot of other things to impact the game. But what Denver does by doing that is he had, what was it, four assists? That's not good enough for Miami. Because a lot of offense has to run through Jimmy in this series. It's going to run through Jimmy and Bam. Jimmy and Bam pick and roll. And I see Chad asking me about what are we going to do about the two-man game. We'll get to that. Let's talk about what the Heat can do on offense. And... Miami, you know, Miami's being put in a position like they need they need Jimmy Butler to score at, a, at an incredible rate or be the kind of playmaker he's been in the Knicks series, parts of the Celtics series and this series. You need you need him to draw help. You need him to swing swing because they're not hard doubling, but they're sending help. And he's really good at finding that guy cross court if they shade in and gave Vincent's open on the wing. Shooters just need a little, just a little window. And he's good at getting guys just enough window. So Denver is trying to be like, let's close that window a little tighter. Let's make those passes a little harder. And let's give you a little bit more window to score. And you saw, he took it. He was aggressive. He was in the lane. He was doing, he was attacking switches. He did what we wanted. And he said, I'm going to be aggressive. And he did. He did not get shots to fall. That ankle's bad. We know that. But he was in the lane. That little push turnaround floater that he fucking has hit all playoffs, it's not dropping. He's for some reason hitting pull-up threes on the wing still. 
I can't explain it, but he's doing it. And he hits them when they count, which is crazy. Uh, and he's taking them, which I like. I like him to take them. Just I don't like him to take them early in the shot clock when there's no need. Uh, so that, that's that been Denver's big adjustment for game three, right? And I thought, you know, on defense at least. And, and I thought it was very fruitful for them, as we saw. Miami shot 35% at the rim. That I don't think is all Denver's defense. Bam missed. Bam just smoked a bunch of layups. Jimmy smoked some layups. Caleb is really like probably the most consistent finisher at this point. Caleb and Duncan, really, which is just what a world to be in. Um, so that's that. So let's talk about. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep with Miami's offense here. Let's talk about what we know about the series. Well, they're not. Denver's not turning the ball over enough. Denver's turning the ball over at like a slightly below average rate. And Miami is like not turning. The, I believe they have 23 turnovers through three games. That is fucking insane. And I would bet most of them came in that second quarter in game two. They have been absolutely air fucking tight. And by the way, that's with Bam doing a lot of off like handling and being a hub as a passer. That's Jimmy Butler making great passes and he just never turns the ball over. That's Kyle Lowry not being reckless. That is Gabe Vincent being smart when he penetrates and who to kick to. That's Duncan Robinson getting away from defenders and giving that slip pass. They have been, like, I can't say enough about how they've competed because Jimmy's hurt and they don't have enough. If we're being frank, they just don't have enough and Jimmy's hurt, and they need really good shooting, and everyone was mad at Matt Moore. Listen, Matt Moore's right. They need to shoot out of their fucking minds to win this series. And if they do, they can win. That's their ticket. When Jimmy's hobbled, that's their ticket to win. So let's let's talk about that. So Denver's not turning the ball over, which is hurting Miami's offense because really they want to generate as much offense as they can going down, running in transition, trying to get a mismatch, especially against this Denver team. Against Boston, transition is obviously important, but if Boston gets back, there's not a lot of mismatch hunting you can do against Boston because they have so many good wings on defense. Denver's a different story, right? Like, really, if, if you get cross-matched and all of a sudden Jamal Murray's on you, not Aaron Gordon, and you're Jimmy Butler, you're like, you're the you're the Birdman gif, right? You're, you know, you're walking through, shaking, you know, rubbing palms together. All that good stuff, baby. So that's not happening because Denver's not turning the ball over. And Denver's having a very good offense. I know that Miami's been able to keep the scoring down. What Miami has done is bring the pace down. Miami's kind of dragged the pace into their kind of comfort zone. Because while while Denver has a very efficient offense... Miami, I, I believe on, on Zach Lowe's podcast, he said that they would be the third best offense in the league um, during the regular season with their offensive rating through three games. However, their point totals are not huge. And the reason is that Miami's dragging the game into the mud on, on their terms, right? Their, their zone has been effective in that it makes Denver use a lot of clock. I think that is... One of the most important things that the zone has done this series, it's really made Denver work the ball. And if you're a great offense, you want as many cracks at scoring as you can. Because you're like, if we get 100 scores each, I know that I'm going to score more efficiently. 
But if we get 150 like chances to score, I know that that lead is going to be even bigger, right? Because you get more chances and you're more efficient and the gap's going to widen. So Miami's done a good job of like, okay, well, we know what we're dealing with. Let's slow the pace down. Denver has tried to run off misses. Um, and Miami's been great in transition. Their transition defense has been great. Denver has a bad transition offense this series. And it's because Miami has not turned the ball over. And they've gotten, they've done a great job of getting back on defense. Part of that is they're not crashing the glasses hard. And a lot of that's effort. Like, you know, like, you know, you don't want to send too many guys crashing because then Denver's going to run down your throat. That's one aspect of this. And last game, they kind of got killed on the boards. Um, I, I kind of felt that was a, there's not much you can do. That's just a Jokic. That's a Jokic bonanza. Although you got to make sure that, you know, Aaron Gordon is not killing you on the boards. Right. And that's, you know, smart box outs. That's making sure you don't lose your man. That's, you know, kind of don't switch when you don't need to stuff like that. So we know, we know that I, I think that turnover stuff, I think we know through three games, right? You may get a kind of hiccup here and there, but I think we know who these teams are in that sense. We know that what we don't know is Miami shooting because it's been up and down this series, right? The game one, they had a bad shooting night. Game two, they had a great shooting night. Game three, they had a bad shooting night. Denver has not shot well the whole series. Three games that they've had stinkers from three. And you got to wonder when that's going to change. I think Miami's done a great job defending their shooters. Again, they're not sending as much help on Jokic as I thought. And they've really kept the three points in check. And what Denver's doing without hitting a lot of threes is crazy. I believe Denver had five threes yesterday, and they won by double digits. Like, that's crazy. You know, Miami had twice as many threes and fewer turnovers. Denver's getting to the line, obviously. I think Miami can do a better job of that. I liked how they attacked Jokic yesterday. You know, they kind of saw him sitting on the fouls, and, and they went at him. So that's, that's one aspect. But... We know that Miami's not going to get to the line as much as Denver if Jimmy's not himself. And I think we know that. And, and I think that they need to work the math in their favor of, okay, we need to get more turnovers out of them. And I thought that was why they trapped Jamal Murray more. Obviously, he was killing them, right? And we're getting to the question by by Paul Jr. 33 in chat that said, man, that two-man game is the hardest thing we've seen in the playoffs. And then uh, Lenny Lester said, oh, no, wait, that's not what Lenny Somebody, Somebody asked, what do we do with that two-man Yeah, Lenny Lester asked, what can we do with that two-man game? Well, Miami is trapping Jamal Murray, and that's part of not letting Jokic get the ball. So they'll trap Murray, right, and then they'll send, they'll send a guy in to pinch in and front Jokic and, again, make them eat clock. Can we force Jamal into a turnover? And they did. I mean, they, that, I thought they got pretty good stuff off of the traps. Eventually, Denver saw it enough and started beating it. But I, I thought it was listen. I thought it was good job, good effort by Spo. I thought that was a pretty, thought it was a pretty good move in the game. Kind of help shift balance a little bit. Murray had how many turnovers did he have? Murray had seven turnovers, right? So you know you got what you wanted, right? And that's kind of you know what kind of kept them around, um, and it worked. So I, I'm curious to see how that works. I thought that they. Did a better job of being uh, of being one pass of, of kind of like you know Denver kind of making sure that Jokic was one pass away, right? So that they can that, so they don't have to swing swing off the like kind of how Boston you know Boston kind of stationed Al Horford on the wing. So when Miami doubled Tatum early, you know he's that release valve, and then when that help comes, he has a guy in the corner. They're not doing it as much. What they're really trying to do is they're trying to they're trying to I wouldn't say they're running triangle. But they're tr they're really trying to like kind of do that 
trying to get Jokic in the post. Um, I guess triangles, I mean, they're not running the triple, but ignore that what I said. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. But I think Jokic in the triangle would be kind of cool. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I mean, I know Phil Jackson's kind of a bozo, but that'd be that'd be pretty interesting. Um, that would be pretty interesting. Uh, Jimmy in triangle too. Jimmy's such a good post up guard, kind of you know, kind of like in that Kobe vein. Although Kobe had the best footwork I've ever seen on a guard posting up. Uh, you know, whatever. Sorry, sorry for my aside. I just now, now I just started thinking of triangle stuff in the triple post, but. So that's what we say. Uh, Paul in chat says, I like the trap, but we got to be in the passing lane immediately to Jokic. Yeah, and I think part of that is Jimmy not being right because Jimmy's that that shark in the passing lane. You know what I mean? Like Jimmy's a guy Jimmy's a guy that's like killing, you know, like killing the, those kind of errant passes out, out of traps and stuff. And I believe he has two steals in the series so far. That's not him, right? And I think that's like the biggest indicator of his ankle not being good. So Miami, I think that the, the traps and the zone are the way that they force turnovers. They have not gotten turnovers really out of Denver by playing them straight up. So Miami's going to have to throw at them those traps, the zone, all that stuff in game three. They got to shoot better, which easier said than done. But if Denver's going to continue to defend that way, Jimmy and Bam have to make their makeable shots. That's the stuff going to the rim. That's finishing through contact. And I believe it was Greg Popovich that said it's supposed to be hard, right? It's not easy. You're not healthy. It's hard. These guys are killing you on defense. You're working your fucking ass off. And what might happen is that 
this Cinderella run may end with them just straight up running out of gas because they're doing so much to defend Denver on the other end. And then when they're on offense, they're just like, they're wheezing. And Miami doesn't play fucking easy offense, right? They're not the they're not the hardened rockets where they're just like pound and pick and roll at the top of the key and everybody stand around. Miami's running an action on the strong side and the two guys on the weak side, there's a screen, there's a flare, there's a pin down, there's there's flop, there's all sorts of shit happening on the floor. Guys cutting down screen, everything's happening. There's movement because they have to have movement because they don't have like Jimmy's not that guy right now. They don't have like even when Jimmy was that guy, they did have the movement. But like they they just they don't have a Kevin Durant. They don't have any of these guys that can just like, hey bro, just like fucking bail us out. All that stuff. Uh, chat's asking me, can Jimmy get a quarter zone shot for the ankle? I'm not a doctor. I'm, I'm just ask a doctor. I'm not. I don't know. I'm just saying what the reality of it is. <sighs> so I think that's that. That's like a lot of the stuff we know. I think we know that they're gonna defend Jokic with fronts, which have been. I would say pretty successful. Um, again, Jokic is a monster. He's gonna. You don't have the. You know what's the the meme? You don't have the facilities for that big man. Like they don't have, they don't have like the guys to guard him. And I think considering what they have, they've done a decent job, right? Like he's a monster. He's gonna put up historic numbers, and he may have the best finals ever. Who knows? I mean, he's on pace for a fucking bananas final statistically. They've done they I know that they've done all they can and they've thrown the kitchen sink at him and he's a great player and they have not made it easy for him. I think it has not been easy. They work a lot of clock. They've dragged the game into the mud pace wise. He has had to make difficult shots where he's getting soft touches that he gets. They've actually not made him a shooter very often, which I think is smart. Um the zone that their zone has been the most successful against him. They are deservedly in the finals, and maybe they can get a win tomorrow. And we'll you know, and we could talk about what adjustments they can make. But you know, they've truly thrown everything they can at Jokic. And I'm going to be more positive now. I know I've kind of been doom. I guess I've been explaining, but the Jimmy Ankle stuff is is doom and gloom. You know, Bam could play a better game, right? You need you kind of need him to summon all he has again because he's guarding Jokic on the other end. He's exhausted. He has they have to make Jokic guard him as much as they can. And I thought he did that, especially in the, in the fourth quarter, uh, second half of the game. Just went at him, got some foul calls. Like, that's what you got to do. I think Jokic had four fouls. That's what you got to do. You got you to gotta make sure that guy's in foul trouble. And you got to fucking crush them in the non-Jokic minutes. Got to. Let's talk a little bit about rotation because Miami has a weird thing where they're not matching Bam and Jokic's minutes. Part of that may be they're trying to preserve Bam. But at some point, it's going to be rubber hits the road. No more Zeller because that's the guy that's going to get cut from the rotation. Maybe you add Highsmith to play backup five. That is my dream. I don't know if Spoh's going to go for it. He did last series for for some stretches. Zeller had a decent game last game. They won the Zeller minutes. Boop. You know, party party poppers. Uh, Lesser said there were only four non-Jokic minutes. He played 44 last night. You better fucking make sure in those four minutes, it's clobber time. Like, you got to fucking... And I, I tell this anecdote a lot. When the big three Heat played the, played the Pacers, and when George Hill left the floor, they made sure that DJ Augustine was the most unplayable fucking guy in the league. 
they were like, we are going to make DJ Augustine's life so fucking hard that he's going to wish he wasn't here. And that's what they did. And they made George Hill play a ton of minutes, and that team was super turnover prone, and they won. Two titles. We love to see it. So that's that, right? So that's that's kind of that's kind of there. They got to make sure that they're winning those minutes. But there's there's no DJ Augustine right on Denver, right? So one of the things that Denver Denver did do. So when Miami was trapping Jamal Murray, you know Bruce Brown, kill, uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Fucking Christian Brown kills you, right? Because Christian Brown's one pass away, and you know once once Murray stopped trying to force it into Jokic where they were getting those turnovers. You know, Christian Brown drive, and that's really where you kind of lost the game when Christian Brown becomes the best role player in, in, in the in the game. You know, that has to go to Miami. You thought you might get the Caleb Martin resurgence, right? You're like, okay, Caleb, Caleb's back, baby. He sprung to life. And unfortunately for them, that's not what happened. Not this time. It's fiction. I made it up. So, yeah, that's what we're, that's what we're dealing with, uh, people. Uh, Paul says in the non-Jokic minutes, the Nuggets are still really good on defense from what I've noticed. Yes. Um, yes. And, uh, you know, they run Bam and Duncan and those shooters. I just think that running Bam and Duncan and kind of their DHO offense is kind of not the best against non-Jokic stuff because those guys are more mobile. They can play at the level and they can switch. And I still don't think Bam can punish the switch the way you want um, as good as he's been. That's just not his game. It's not in his bag. And I think you're doing a disservice. I think what makes sense is Jimmy with Highsmith at the five. You could do Jimmy, Caleb. You could do Jimmy, Caleb, Gabe, Lowry. Right? Or Jimmy, Duncan, Lowry, um, Caleb, Highsmith. Right? And that way you have a switchy lineup. You can play some zone if you need to hide Duncan. I don't think that lineup's a problem offensively for Denver that you got to hide Duncan Robinson. Um, Cause I think you can send enough help and you can rotate out. And those guys aren't like the passer that Jokic is, um, or you can trap Murray or whatever you decide to do. You know, you can, you can survive those minutes. So if I'm Miami, that's kind of where I'm first looking for an adjustment. Because at some point, it's going to be, okay, Bam has to play like almost the whole game, right? And what was Bam's minute total last game? Because I, I think we're, we're approaching kind of, you know, 44. Yeah, he played 40 minutes. Jimmy played 40. Um, Gabe played 32. Lowry played 30. Martin played 31, right? Duncan only played 13, which is still weird. Um, I, I do think, I think Duncan's huge in this series. I think he has just been... A better shooter than Struess this postseason. Now Max gives other things that Duncan doesn't. And I am for people asking, should uh, I saw Paul ask, should should you start Duncan over Max? I wouldn't go there. I'm not there yet. I think Duncan Duncan's good off the bench. I think Duncan's found his rhythm, and I think Max deserves to be the starter. Max is better on defense, and I I think they don't want they don't want to drown defensively in the starting lineup. They don't have weak spots. I think ideally you want Max to be kind of the better the better if max shoots as well as duncan ish you know you, you you do it for defense but obviously i think duncan's closed more games than max which is funny because without tyler right like tyler was really that other tyler w- took the weak defender spot out of the uh for the starters 
over the closing lineup, I should say. So uh, I don't think they should start Duncan. I guess this is a long way to say this. Uh, Lenny Lester says, even though Zeller was okay last night, I feel like I age rapidly when he's in the game. We all do, buddy. We all do. I, 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 I love that meme where it's uh, Zeller and Deadman, and it's like you can't, you can't kill the idea. You know, uh, it's so true. So many are saying this. Uh, shout out to the to the Thermogun. So that's where I'm at the series, right? Uh, that's what I think is. That's what I think to be true. That's what I think we know. So looking ahead to Game Four, like, well, what can we do if I'm Miami, right? What what can we do? Well, for sure, I think finishing at the rim is number one. I I don't I think part of that adjustment is like, bro. Spo got to show them film, but you got to finish. You know what I mean? Like, you got to make this. You know, your legs are heavy. You know, you got to find, you got to dig deep because there's not much, you know, that's not much we can do. Schematically, Jokic has been very good as a helper, as that low help man. Well, how can we help? How can we fix that? Right? Can we move Bam somewhere else? Can we move Bam to the three-point line and do that handoff stuff that that we did, uh, that I showed last a film session show that we did where, you know, you'd have Bam kind of the opposite corner of the strong on the weak side. And when the Jokic help comes, you flip the ball to Bam in the corner. He flows into a handoff. And now Jokic has to run from the paint all the way up there. And now he's, you know, he's on his heels. You can run a handoff, either get an open three or Bam can roll. And now that pocket's open because he's not, you know, listen, he's not, Embiid and he's not Giannis right he's fucking Jokic on defense so once you have him kind of running up and if you roll down you know you, you can you can get him pull a fast one on him so I think they could do some more of that they could you know obviously Bam could do some ball handling and Jimmy could be a screener not that that's your diet but you can do it a couple times you know see how that works maybe you can get a little something something um, I love Duncan screening for Bam Frankie and I, Frankie G, hosts of pregaming, he and I have been fucking yelling that shit forever. They're not isolating Bam in the mid post as much. I would like Bam to do some more high elbow, high elbow stuff. Not three-point stuff, high elbow. So you get that pitch handoff, right? And, or, you know, you have that, those, you have better cutting angles. And if Jokic steps up, Right, because now Jokic is way lower, right? Because you're not at the three-point line, and Bam's really good at kind of flipping his, the screen and angling. And he's Bam's a very good screener in the way that he knows all the little tricks, right? And get it laid. And that's why they think he's. And I saw like a lot of video about like kind of the way he moves. How they're not really moving screens; they're legal. He knows the tricks. He like Draymond. Like these guys like know the tricks, and he's good at disguising some of the stuff. He's very good at it. So. That's one thing that I would like a little bit more elbow stuff so you can do those kind of pitch handoffs or flow into pick and roll if they need. Um, I think he and Gabe have good pick and roll synergy. Obviously hurt that Gabe was in foul trouble, especially when they kind of needed that little boost of a run. Uh, so that's one. That's another thing I would do. I think Jimmy on post-ups has been great. I think that's been their best offense really outside of Bam rolling to the rim off two-man game with a shooter. Uh, I think Jimmy posting up Jamal Murray, KCP. He's absolutely owned an abused KCP in the post. I think that's been the most comfortable matchup for them. But like 
like Christian Brown guarded him and he didn't make enough of an impact. And I'm like, you can't let that guy think he can guard you. Like you gotta, like when that matchup comes, you gotta take the rookie and you gotta put his ass under the hoop. And again, he's hurt. Jimmy's hurt. So it's like, what can you do? Like, that's just the reality of life in the playoffs. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm not going to cry about it because at the end of the day, the playoffs are a survival game more than a basketball tournament, right? So I'm not going to cry that his ankle is bad. He's out there. I'm not going to hold it against him, right? But obviously, I understand the reality of the situation. I think Lowry, let's talk about Kyle a little bit. We all know that Kyle's my guy. I think Kyle, I'm waiting for a Kyle game. I think he's been fine. He may, like I thought he was like he'll have he has to have a complete game. He'll have moments where he's very good, and he'll have moments where he's like, I mean, a replacement level player can be sometimes doing this. Now, what I think he adds is that he does add them pace when they need it. I think on defense he's been very good. He's veteran. He gets those steals. He's he's really good when guys get the rebound and come down. He's really good at getting that ball back. Kind of that strip. He's great at that. Gets some extra possessions. Um, so those are like the little things that he does that are really good. I just think he needs to... They need a little bit of juice from him in the pick and roll. Um, and I, I think he's a little bit out of control. And I think he needs to kind of reel it in a bit. Run, you know, run what he does. If they have him... I actually like the look where they have him come off a pin down and flow into a pick and roll with Bam. I think that's been great. Because he's just a really smart passer. And he, you know, the other thing he hasn't done in a while is kind of do the do the pick and roll where he eats space in the drop and waits for the defender to come on his hip, right, and kind of gets the contact there and he can shoot that mid-range. He's really good at that turnaround in the paint. He hit two yesterday. Um, you know, I, I'd like him to kind of do go to that or that little zigzag dribble off the pick and roll, that little snake move into that little elbow. Uh, the little like kind of corner of the paint kind of shot like fading shot. So those are the things that I, I would like from him in a little bit more downhill um, kind of get the floater going stuff like that. I, I think they need a little bit out of him considering that Caleb looked like he lost his mojo a bit and that's fine. Like role players are going to do that. Role players are going to have games where they're like series. It's like, Oh shit, look at that. That's fucking crazy. And then they're going to kind of crash down to earth. That's life. That's for Celtic fans to be mad about. Not us. Caleb had a good kind of quarter and really was just disappeared. That's really the only time he's been in the series. Defensively, he's been fine. Um, I would like to see them play a bit of a bigger lineup, like 
maybe Jimmy, like Bam, Caleb, Jimmy Love for a little bit um, instead of Max to go a little bit bigger, see how that works. I thought Denver did a good job of attacking Love, which we talked about. And I think it was just kind of putting them in more kind of situations where they made him defend, where Gordon is kind of down screening for Murray on a cut. And now Kevin has to like make a play and move in space. Although I thought Kevin did well. Like I thought Kevin did well. And I think on offense, Kevin does well. It kind of finds the spots, gets to his spots. And I mean, he's whatever, you know, again, I can't be mad at these guys. I mean, obviously you need them to explode, but he's, you know, he's playing, he's playing all right. They just need that. I think they just need everybody to be like 10% better and they win. Um, I think for the thing about kind of them, under helping on Jimmy now is, is that's on Jimmy to put the pressure to score, to kind of move it that way. So we're getting, you know, we're getting to the point in game four where I think we're, we're starting to see all the cards being played, right? So Miami kind of threw out their traps, Denver threw out this kind of new scheme of like, okay, we're not going to do this or blah, blah, blah. We're not going to send too much help at Jimmy, all that good stuff. And that's that's really that's really the reality of, of the series. You know, we have game four. If Jimmy comes out and looks like Himmy and gets them a game by the will of God, they go into Denver tied 2-2. Or Bam plus shooters get you another game. Get your home cooking, your role players kind of give you one. You know, you can win game two. You know, Miami, I'm what I'm worried about is Denver finding their their shot Miami's done a good job and I don't think this is like oh the Heat have been fortunate blah 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 I think the Heat have earned this defense on three-pointers they've contested and listen they've made Denver uncomfortable they've lowered the pace they've taken them out of rhythm the zone has made the passes not as good as they're used to like they've done a great job and I think that as a reason Denver has kind of gone downhill now Jokic is shooting like 60 fucking five percent from two is insane and Denver's getting a lot of action at the rim which is not what Miami deals with but Miami has more traditional like they they contain the rim by switching to ball handlers and containing penetration like that or swarming big guys in the post you can't do that against Denver so they're switching more the Murray Jokic pick and roll which puts Butler on Jokic fronting Bam on Murray and then they gotta send help for Jimmy, like those like little stunts and stuff. They're not like full on doubling. And then Jokic has been good in those situations. Murray has recognized and gotten him the ball. Um, I don't hate that. I think that they've made Denver work in those possessions. And you got to throw everything at them. You got to throw everything at them. And that's what it's going to take. So looking ahead to game four, wanting, you know, again, wanting more Butler attacking the smalls. You gotta you gotta grease the wheels for them because if they're staying home on guys, you know that's for you and Bam to to win them a game to kind of open things up a bit. That's for Duncan to kind of, you know, Duncan's really good at flipping your over aggression on you, right? So if they're staying too home, Duncan's really good at kind of, you know, running a pick and roll and then you know the rescreen and then kind of goes the other way and, and then kind of forces you because you're playing so high at the level, you kind of get the slip. And Chad's saying, Bronx Joker's like, I still have faith, G. I have faith too. I'm not, this is not, this sees this series is not over. And maybe my tone may convey that, you know, we have a lot of family things going on right now. Hopefully people get a little healthier. Um, sent prayers to, to my family. 
it's been a rough it's been a rough week for for us over here in the uh in the household well i mean i guess i don't live with my family anymore i live alone but you know what i mean uh so send us send us your love so maybe my tone is a little more doomer than it should be um i've barely slept and i've uh seen too many hospital beds but that's kind of where we are i have faith i think they could do it i think jimmy's ankle concerns me a lot and i want to see you know how he looks and and maybe it falls on bam to kind of take that load but i do think jimmy has a game in him i think jimmy has a game in him to kind of bring them to life and maybe he doesn't have a lot of games on that ankle maybe he's pacing himself but you cannot go down 3-1 against this denver team you can't. A lot of people said Miami and Denver in six out of respect for the Heat. Well, time to pay them back for that respect and go out there and win game four. They're going to come out guns blazing. That place is going to be loud. Jimmy kind of stopped the cutesy wootsy like, oh, we'll be fine thing. He's kind of changed his tone a little bit because I think that he recognizes that this is they know they can beat any team in the East. This seems a little different. Because in a way they have they've beaten all those teams in the East. They've beaten Milwaukee before. They've beaten they've beaten um Boston before. They've beaten Philly before. The Heat have beaten all those teams. You know, like they're not scared of those guys. And they're not scared of, of Denver either, but they certainly have changed their tone a bit. So that's all I'm saying. Let's see how this goes. Let's see how they feel. And let's 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 come out to game four and pay attention to everything we kind of talked about today. So listen, man, it's the NBA finals. We love it. It's a blessing to cover it, to talk about it with you guys. I know as fans, it's let's 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 uh, let, let, I will we'll close on this note. Let's let's be a little let's be a little uh, emotional right now about about sports because uh, sports are great. Sports are cool. There's nothing like the community. There's nothing like the power of community getting behind a team. There's nothing like it. You know, my best friend lives in Denver, and it's funny because she's just like, I, I'm, I'm all heat, right? And she's not like the biggest basketball fan in the world. It's her birthday in a couple hours, so shout out to my best friend, Belen. But, you know, she's not like a super basketball person, but she's like, I just feel the pride of my city and my team. I love these guys, right? And, and the city has gone behind them. Everybody is in heat gear. Everyone's engaged. Everyone's excited. And that's what we didn't have in the bubble final because we weren't like a society again. So it was like, I remember being out I went for a drive in coconut Grove. And I think I saw like one bus that said like, go heat. And I was like, Oh wow. That's like the only real like evidence I have of like the finals happening. There's watch parties. There's like shit. People are people care. They're in hate seed. They're they're the seed that everyone says. And I'm not trying to like joke about this year's like, oh, you know, 14th pick versus, you know, first round exit. That's shit that we're like, is that even worth it? Like before even like tank stuff was a thing. It was like, is it worth like watching us get blown up by the one seed? Like, do I want to watch that? Or like, do I, you know? That's like the shit that used to be talked about. They were an eight seed. And it wasn't like a fake eight seed that like, oh, you know, their superstar was hurt the whole season or whatever. 
They were a fucking dead ass. They were, I mean, they were really a seven seed. But like seven seeds don't do this either. They were a fucking, they were a bottom two seed in their conference. Earned. They tried to win games to not be in a play-in. They fucking lost at home to to, to, New, to New Jersey, to Brooklyn, when they needed that game. A Brooklyn team that, frankly, they should have beaten. A Brooklyn team that got swept by Philadelphia, which we all know Miami would have beaten. Right? So what they're doing right now is, is magical. It's like what they're doing is the, is the shit we watch sports for. It's the shit we live for because they're down 2-1 against a monster two-time MVP and one of the most unstoppable offensive machines any of us have ever seen where we look at Bam fighting for his fucking life, giving every shred of effort that he has in every fiber of his muscles. And we're like, damn it, it's just not enough. And we're watching because... Why wouldn't they win game four? They've been doing it. That's what we live for. Because in moments where things aren't going great, where we're losing people in our lives, loved ones, you know, unfortunately, you know, leaving us during tough times, we look to miracles, right? And like these people are performing real life miracles. Jimmy Butler shooting that pull up three going, this is my shit. In the shadow of Dwayne Wade's This Is My House. They beat the one seed with the two-time MVP and defensive player of the year. They beat the title favorites in five. It was magic. It was it was miraculous. And I remember I, I monologued at the opening of a hangover time. And uh, it was following game six against Boston. And I talked about... Dwayne Wade was the first athlete that ever made me believe in miracles because seeing them down 0-2 and Dwayne, I don't think, I don't think people remember because the discourse around Dwayne is weird now. That team was down 13 points in the fourth quarter back in 2000. 13 points is not something now. 13 points in 2006 is a different fucking thing. People don't get that. They were down 0-2 and 13 points with like six to go in the fourth. And that guy dragged them from the depths of fucking hell and told Shaquille O'Neal, Alonzo Mourning, Pat Riley, these these monster Hall of Famers, Gary Payton, Antoine Walker, get on my back. And brought them from the brinks of hell to a parade, champagne, and confetti. It was the most miraculous shit I've ever seen in my life. They couldn't stop him. And it was way more dire than what we're watching now. Dirk was Jokic before Jokic. Let's not forget that. Right? So, And Miami wasn't supposed to be there either. <laughs> I think they were like a four or five seed or some shit, so... It's not again, let's not forget that either. And that team was also disrespected because nobody really believed in them, even though they had kind of been in that battle with the Pistons the year before. We're used to that. But, you know, this this run is amazing, and I think everybody should enjoy every second of it because we never know when we'll go back to the finals. 
and I and the, I guess the last thing is, um, you know, I always think of that OKC team, the 2012 one that made the finals, Durant, Westbrook, and Harden. And I remember when they lost, you know, and everyone's like, you know, unfortunately they had to be a stepping stone for LeBron's first title. And by the way, what a what a for the history books, how incredible is it that LeBron had his first title breakthrough against Kevin Durant of all people, considering kind of their duels through history. Um, pretty remarkable, pretty remarkable stuff. Scriptwriters popped off there, but I remember people saying like, "Well, you know, OKC will be back, right?" Like, unfortunately, they were they were a, they were a, a step for the coronation of the king, but they'll be back. These guys are too young and too good, and they never went back to the finals. Nothing is guaranteed, not in life, not in sports. So take these moments, enjoy, love, share with your family, share with people you love, not to be like too fucking hokey. I'm a little hokey now because, you know, obviously we're going through some shit right now, but man, enjoy, enjoy with your community. Say go heat to people wearing gear that you see, interact with people, talk about the games at work, waiting for coffee. Oh, did you see the game last night? Enjoy, man. This shit brings us together. And that shit matters. It's the best fucking thing in the world. So let's hope we get another miracle tomorrow. All eyes on you, Jimmy Butler. All eyes on you, Bam Adebayo. All eyes on you, Eric Spolstra. I love you guys. See you for Hangover Time tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.